Hello there, and welcome to the 4 to 20 podcast. I'm your host, Randy Seaton Jr., and on today's podcast, we're going to be going over the entourage effect and what it does, um, the myths behind it, and uh, kind of where the studies are now. There's not too much about it. It's kind of kind of scientifically based uh, theory of how uh, cannabis can affect you um, with THC, CBD, and uh, the terpene profile. So stay tuned for that. Um, But first, I wanted to dive in here and say thank you to anyone who's returning listening, anyone who's a new listener. I hope you guys are enjoying the content I'm putting out. I hope you guys are enjoying the subject, and I hope you guys are walking away with either some form of entertainment or information. And and I hope you guys are are double-checking me, man, making sure, you know, I'm not feeding you guys bullshit. So uh, thank you so much for returning, and uh, thank you so much for even clicking the link and coming in here to even give me a first-time listen. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, guys. Also, one mad quick shout-out before we get this podcast kicked off. Shout-out to the the music at the beginning of the podcast here was supplied by my friend, and true stoner man the guy who taught me how to dab johnny velvet music uh he, my boy johnny man we we go back quite a ways we used to work together we used to smoke together and uh it's nice now that i have something uh, artistically to do that uh he can support because i've always supported his music man so uh make sure you guys go over to soundcloud and check out johnny velvet music man I'll, I'll i'll post a link somehow either whether it's on my facebook or instagram i'll definitely link him in this uh, he, he threw me the music free of charge, so we're just homies helping homies out, man. Stoners need to unite in this world and build a great community. It'll make the world spin differently. So thank you, Johnny, for uh, for the love, brother. I hope you enjoy hearing your music at the beginning of my podcast. Thank you so much, man. But let's get this podcast kicked off, man. We got the entourage effect as our topic today. And I don't know if you're an old school stoner and uh, you know of the entourage effect or if you're kind of a newbie and are just curious as to what I'm talking about. But the entourage effect is is where uh, the THC in your cannabis, the CBD in your cannabis and the terpene profile, which is the flavor of your cannabis, all affect you to build like a significant experience, a higher experience, a, a better uplifting experience. And it's all delivered, they all coincide with each other to deliver you that experience. So um, my brief uh, uh, history with the the entourage effect before it was coined the entourage effect, man, back in 2012, when Colorado went legal, uh, I was I was going to every dispensary I could, man. So like every time I go to re-up, I'd go to a different dispensary tried different products and I was on like a constant search to find the one dispensary that that had either consistent product or just product that was so good that even if it was a different brand or a different strain next time I'd still want to buy it because their products were so good or their prices were just right so uh me and the wife would go to Colorado once once every like three or four weeks to re-up man and boy I'll tell you, between Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, Greeley, Loveland, Castle Rock even, you know, there's a fuck ton of choices to choose from out there in Colorado, man. Colorado, you guys are spoiled with your uh, your dispensary choices, man. You guys enjoy that, man. Not even California has that many options for dispensaries compared to, like, where I'm at. Like, we have 
nothing, man. We only had like three in the immediate area. So when you really look at it, uh, there was a lot of weed in, in Colorado to try at the time. And when, uh, when we were trying, uh, different dispensaries, we started seeing new products come out. So when, when recreational first hit, you had your typical flower, you had your keef, you had your hash, bubble hash, ice hash, and you had, uh, you know, your edibles. And at the time, edibles didn't have a milligram limit. So you could go in and you could pick up a 3000 milligram edible and, and be pretty set. You know, you could pick up a 300 milligram edible, 500 milligram edible, and be pretty chill with the edible lines. That changed slowly with time because, uh, people made, uh, bad decisions while they were high and, uh, they had to put regulations and limits on it. So, uh, with that being said though, there was a lot of products to choose from and I slowly got to see, uh, shatter come out and waxes come out. So concentrates started coming out real, real different in Colorado at the time when it was recreational. You, you know, back in the day, you're used to that, that pressed hash, that rolled hash, the dragon ball hash, or just dry sift hash. You know, you're used to hash, seeing pressed hash in general. And that was going around, but then you started seeing extracts come out that, that were clear and yellow in consistency like honey. And then you'd start to see crumble come out that looked like dried cake. And then you'd see batters come out that looked like cake batter. And you started asking questions, or at least I did. I was curious. I wanted to know what they were, what concentrates were, how they were made. So I started, you know, diving in and kind of doing some self-research over the years and learning, you know, the different ways people were extracting in Colorado at the time and kind of learning what product was either the cleanest to uh, be smoking or what product preserved the most flavor of the plant. And I think it was a couple months after it went recreational, man. I think we saw live resin finally like start hitting the Greeley market at least. And that was, that was closest to home. So uh, when I saw live resin, man, I was like, what the fuck is this? It looked like fucking boogers. It looked like, like dried up snot. It just didn't look appealing at all. It looked like, like plant goop, man. And, the guys there at the shop were telling me, man, you got to try it, you know, just take it home and enjoy it. And so I did. And I took it home and I fried my first dab of live resin off of my e-nail, man. Because at this time, by this time, I was fucking e-nailing things. I, I ditched the torch. The torch was non-existent in life. I was like, nope, I want my b-nail. I want an electronic dab. Let's get it. So we were dabbing off of uh, just a quartz banger with the e-nail and boy the turp profile and i didn't know what it was i was just like man that tastes like flour and i just kept telling the wife it tastes like if i were in a room full of bud and i breathed in really heavy i'd be able to taste what's around me and that that's what that tastes like and the high that we got from that compared to the shatter the batters was phenomenal man we were we were laced for a while and it was a great stone so at that moment, you know, you kind of want to know what live resin is. So I researched it a couple months later down the road. Me and her go down for a re-up. And uh, this time we're in Denver. 
and uh, it's this fancy, fancy dispensary, man. And they have everything under the sun for brands, you know, and I'm looking for extract. At this time, I was a complete extract guy. I would not fucking touch flour. If you brought a joint to my house, I wouldn't even light it up with you. I would just smoke wax. So uh, we go to this dispensary. It's real nice on the inside. And they're trying to push us 98% concentrate. At the time, there was nothing testing like higher than 85. 90s were achievable, but, you know... You had to pay a really good penny for it. So they pull out 98% extract. They open the jar. They hand it to me. I look at it. It's clear. It looks like if you were to make jello and that jello were to have no flavoring in it, that's what it looked like. It looked like clear, almost water. It had a slight. I want to say it had a slight hue to it, maybe a slight purple hue, real light, if you, if any. And it had no smell, had no odor whatsoever. And he's like, this is going to rock your socks off. It's the highest testing, highest testing we have in, in-house. Get a gram. So I bought a gram of it because at the time, man, there was nothing on the market that was clear. There was nothing on the market that was like, like the cleanest shatter you can get would have been like, maybe like a a bright honey color and boy you'd really have to find a good shop to not have a lot of flakes in it of like maybe a little fleck of plant mass here or there just just discoloration so when i went home with the distillate man i i crack it open i smell it i throw it in the the banger i fry it and i get really high right away like legitimately stoned for like i don't know i want to say like a half hour and then the high just diminished and went away. I was like, whoa, that was that was kind of like a very weird experience. What the fuck was that? When I was in the store, he never told me what kind of extract it was. He was just like, I have clear extract. I have clear extract. Here you go. Get it. It's 98%. Take it home. Enjoy it. And I did, you know. And at the time, I was trying every kind of new extract that came out. So it was kind of a given that I, it would cross my path. So then I dive online and I start typing in clear extract, clear extract, Denver, Colorado, trying to figure out what it is. And it comes back that it's distillate. And I don't know if you guys know what distillate is, but it's pretty much the same thing as, you know, when you distill water. It's it's stripping all the THC from the plant and leaving nothing but the THC molecules behind. So it doesn't leave any plant mass. It doesn't leave any cannabinoids. It's just pure thc almost to the fullest extent so the guy was right by by selling me it at a high thc percentage number but he didn't inform the customer that you need a little cbd you need a little bit of terpene profile to help carry everything or it's just going to be a weird high man it was a real like boom i'm fucking stoned boom i'm fucking sober what the fuck was that kind of high so once I did my research and I found out what distillate was, I was like, oh, I ain't fucking with distillate. I'm not going to touch distillate. You guys are going to push that shit every fucking time. And every time from there on when I'd go to the dispensaries, no shit, every fucking time, the bud tender would be, hey, I got this 98%, this 93%, 97%, distillate, distillate, distillate. And I'd ask them, what is it, distillate? And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I'm good. And I think that was the big 
uh, rave at the time in Colorado was clear extracts coming out and distillate being crammed down people's throat with high percentages numbers. And I didn't dig into the rave. Like I bought one gram of distillate. was like, nope, turned off, not going to try it again. Knew that it was what it was, how it was made, and knew that it was not a process that I particularly enjoyed. I enjoyed the live resin, live rosin realm, and I was sticking with those. So uh, looking back, I was affected by the entourage effect early on in uh, in retail or, you know, uh, legal cannabis. I was really affected by it uh, early on, knowing on my own that when I smoked or enjoyed something that if it was had a high percentage number more than likely it was just the THC in it that I needed the other factors of the weed to carry it so with time you learn things man you learn a lot of things with time I've learned for example blue dream is a strain that I've tried in concentrate form flower form every kind of form of concentrate damn near and in, in every kind of flower form, from low to mid to highs. And Blue Dream is one of those strains that, for my body and my endocannabinoid system, which is what delivers the cannabis to your receptors, Blue Dream's not a fit for me, man. I've smoked probably an, a good ounce of flour out of it, and it doesn't work. And I've smoked countless grams, and it's just like I've given up on Blue Dream, man. Unfortunately, I'd love if Blue Dream rocked my bells, but it doesn't. But on the opposite side of the same spectrum of sativas, boy, if I go out and I grab an eighth of New York City diesel or sour diesel, anything with diesel lineage, I will get so fucking wrecked that I almost don't enjoy my high. I've had a couple uh, grams of flour come through in in before days, like before uh, legalization of sour diesel that have wrecked me, man, like real fucking bad. And, and then even post-legalization, like there's been some diesel out there that has gotten me to the point of like, damn, I need to sit the fuck down. Why did I smoke that whole fucking 1.5 gram pre-roll? Fuck. And then there's other days where I'll smoke different strains and be fine on a 1.5 2 gram pre-roll so like your endocannabinoid system is is your delivery system for your THC your CBD and THC is giving you your high CBD is kind of chilling there with your high regulating it making sure you don't get too high too fast making sure you don't not get high either Making sure you're not racing, trying to get high. Like sometimes your body might race to get high. And the terpenes. So the terpenes are your flavor profiles of your flower. Your pepper, your pine, your lemon, your lime, your cantaloupe, or not cantaloupe, your uh, mango. Mango's a big one. All those terpenes actually work side by side like little fucking horses and the THC and CBD are like the jockeys and they're running a race to get the THC and CBD to the right receptors at the right times to give you a entourage effect an effect that with all three rules applied give you an enhanced THC CBD 
performance from your flower. So this is all very subjective. Um, the entourage effect can affect you. It can. It, can, it might even be a placebo effect. There's not enough studies out there. But I do want you guys out there to be aware of, of your body. When, when you're buying a specific strain of cannabis and it worked for you, it worked for whatever ails you, whether it took your pain away, whether it took your insomnia away, whether it, it took that anxiety edge, whether it woke you up and brought you out of a depression, whatever that strain of cannabis is, next time you have a strain Write it down. Write that down. Jot that shit down in your phone, in your notes. Make a mental note of it. Be like, man, I really like that strain. And when you go to the store, look for that strain again. And if you're curious that they don't have that strain, ask them, do you have anything that has that lineage in it of that strain? And find yourself a strain that you like because your body's telling you, hey, man, I love that strain. It's working well for me everything's running on four cylinders when I have that strain give me that strain and you'll find a lot more successful purchases in your future when you go to buy cannabis when you can't open a jar and particularly smell it and you look at the back and it has the terpene profile on it and you're like okay well at least I know I like these terpenes or at least I know I like this lineage because most of the times the lineages carry those terpenes with them so definitely when you're out there and you're shopping for your cannabis, don't think that uh, the strain names are just funny names there to entertain. They're actually very informative. And on the internet, man, you can look up any fucking strain and get us lineage. And lineages are critical to knowing like uh, what ma and pa plants were to create the plant that you're presently smoking. And nowadays, lineages go back pretty fucking far. So you should be able to find a strain that you like. And uh, at least going forward, find future cuts that'll have some of that strain in it. By now, I swear, if cookies have infected everything. So everything's going to have Durban poison and OG Kush in it eventually. <laughs> Those are just some brief examples of, of my experiences with the entourage effect, man. Like, like I said, when I was in Colorado, I just saw so many products come out and and watched it evolve before my eyes and got to try a lot, man. And got pushed a lot of different products by a lot of different bud tenders. So, like, you know, there was there was quite a bit of bud tenders throughout my days in Colorado that probably were trained to push high percentage numbers because the normal consumer does not research what they're smoking. They just grab and go. And even nowadays, and this is what's kind of sad about the industry, you know, even nowadays, the same rules apply, man. I could go to any dispensary and the first questions asked normally by a bud tender are, what are you looking for? So what type of product, whether it be flour, concentrate, edible. And I normally go concentrate and they go, okay, well, let's go over and take a look. And they take you over to look at their concentrates and they pull out the either their cheapest jar with the highest percentage number so it validates why it's good or they show you you know 
stuff that just has a higher percent. This one's testing at this. This one's testing at this. And they throw the the higher end percentage numbers out there, you know, and they're scared. I don't want to say the bud tenders are scared. Or maybe they are, you know, maybe they're scared to show a 67% and that person take it home and it doesn't wreck them, you know, maybe you're scared to, to offer that to a customer because you're not informed yet yourself that percentage numbers are numbers are just numbers. Numbers are not just numbers in that game and that your body's regulating your high your body and the cannabis working together actually regulate that high. So it's a trip, man, to know that over the last eight fucking years, nine, ten years, ten years now, fuck, we're in 2022, ten years of cannabis being some form of deregulated that it hasn't evolved into a better game rather than numbers. And, but but I can't say that because I have seen jars come out. I have seen manufacturers and distros put terpene profiles on a lot of packaging like lately so they know it's it's gaining wind that people are realizing you know if pepper carophyllene in in my weed pepper if it's something that i enjoy and it gets me high i'm gonna be looking for weed with pepper in it you know or i'm gonna be looking for that as the main terp or i'm gonna be looking for it as maybe a mid mid terp that has some pepper in it because I know it's giving me a certain feeling off of it. So just be aware guys when you're out there and you're shopping and your bud tender comes up to you and he's trying to hand you a jar of flour that's testing at 49.5% total cannabinoids. Make sure you're breaking it down and making sure that you know the THC is not the strongest in the race compared to the rest. Make sure there's some balance in there. When you're out there buying concentrates, my best advice to you in the concentrate game, if you want full terpene profile, go rosins. They're pressed. They're, they're, you're not losing much out of them. Cold-pressed rosins are a little bit better than than uh, warm-pressed rosins. So if I was you, I'd, I'd be on the lookout for some like live rosins, live resins, those are are normally what I I dig. Those and live resin is like starting to affect the market finally. It's in pens, it's in, in cartridges now. It's not just in a jar at home. So keep your eye open, guys. Go out there, do your own research. Um, there's so many different outlets that are valid nowadays that you're not just reading someone's typed up article or even an article that a chemist typed up and put out there just so people were informed. That's the way it was back in like 2012. It was very hard to find information on how things were processed and how things were made back then. Nowadays, it's, it's open available. You know, like you go on the Internet and figure out how to make ice hash real fast. But back then, it wasn't so widely available. I had to do a lot of research back then to understand how concentrates were produced and how they were made. And, you know, why why when, why when I smoke this concentrate, I'm getting a real bad burn in my throat and I feel like I'm wheezing what the fuck is causing that but when I do this concentrate you know it's not giving me that effect they're the same brand but they're different runs and different consistencies what's this have to do with this so and then you learn too the temperature at which you're frying your concentrate has a lot to affect and deal with terpene burnoff and THC burnoff so you know be informed guys dive in there youtube is like a vast pool of information 
And a simple Google search will help you nowadays. Leafly, Weed Maps, they all have it on lock. So uh, that's my brief explanation of terpenes, cannabinoids, and uh, the entourage effect, man. And how, you know, just because when you go out shopping, don't get lured in by big numbers. Big numbers don't mean big things sometimes. Not all the times, just sometimes, guys. And be really aware of what strains you like. Be, listen to your body. Your body's going to be your best voice in your cannabis choices. So I want you guys to all chill. I want to say thank you guys for all tuning in, man. Once again, we're at like 25 minutes for the podcast. And I think that's about where I want to end them. 30 minutes listen of me rambling is probably more than enough for you to hear. I don't want you guys falling asleep at the wheel. Stay up, please. Wake up. So, uh. Uh, moving forward, I don't know what my premise for episode number four is going to be quite yet, man. I haven't built the block for that. I'm just taking it as we go because in this world, if you take it day by day, good things happen. So moving forward, I'm going to figure out what my topic is and I'll surprise you guys on the next podcast. Stay tuned. That'll probably air next Friday at 8 p.m. on Spotify, Red Circle, um, Google Podcasts, I'm on there now. And then if you follow me on Instagram at Rancan8, TikTok at Rancan8, Rancan Reviews on YouTube, and Twitter at Rancan8 as well. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get on all the social medias. I'm trying to get all your guys' ears. I feel the more people I can reach, the better of a cannabis community I can build and a better of understanding of cannabis I can have. So, Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Next time, I don't think I'm going to do an educational one. I'm going to do more of an entertaining podcast. Maybe I'll go on a rant and a rave, or I'll tell you guys a couple of my fucked up stories that have happened through through life while being either stoned or employed stoned. We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll make it a little more entertaining. And then uh, we'll just keep this going, guys. I hope you guys are entertained. One more time, shout out Johnny Velvet Music for the intro music and outro music, man. Mad love, brother. They're going to hit up your SoundCloud. Hopefully you get some new fans. And I'm out till the next one. You guys all stay happy, high, and safe. And I'll catch you guys all on the next piece of content I put out. Stay tuned till then. Thank you so much.